and bring to mind the experiences that motivates you to enter the path, to walk the path, and to be able to actualize the end of the path. What did you see? What did you hear? Let this motivation churn in your mind. Let it be whipped up to a degree until it becomes a strong, emotionally charged determination. Do not stop the churning until you actually feel your determination. Until you feel it, not only in your mind, not only emotionally, but also physically. <coughs> How are you going to address this concern of yours? That's what meditation is about. So you're going to meditate to address your concern. But to address it in a way that is profound and fundamental. Once you've arrived at this determination and you're consciously aware of it, feeling it, just rest with it, stay with it, and open your mindfulness. Let this determination soak, be soaked within your being, your entire being. Feel it in your mind, feel it in your body, feel it even affecting the environment around you. Just hold it in your awareness, in your consciousness. Let your attention just hover over the body. Start to feel the body responding, making attempts at cooperation. You feel the 
attempts of the body's cooperation as points of ease, points of tension dissolving into points of ease, scattering throughout the body. The body. Like a general sense of ease spreading itself throughout the body. Still hold on to that determination. No need to make the body come to ease. It's already happening. Take your awareness, holding on to your strong determination. Bring your attention now mainly to the legs. And let the consciousness, your awareness, now hover over the legs. Allowing the legs now to enter into that state of ease more profoundly. And listen to the insight, the intuition from the body itself guiding you as best as to the best way to adjust the body physically, specifically now the legs. How best to adjust legs energetically. So the cascade of the sense of ease spreads faster. The points of tension, the points of discomfort dissolve ever more rapidly into that state of ease. Until you might feel moments of sort of jumping or elevating to a different sense of the body, a body not so subject to gravity, a body feeling light, weightless, luminous. your attention now, holding on strongly to your determination to the arms, without consciously trying to force anything to happen, allow the intuition, allow the insight coming from the body to guide you how best to distance the elbows from the body, how best to place the hands physically, energetically. So that the cascading effect of the sense of ease continues. The points of tension, the points of discomfort continue to dissolve into this ever deepening sense of ease. And the 
palpable sense of that elevating to that new sense of body is felt now with the arms and hands. And move your attention now to the torso, especially the back. Still holding strongly to your determination, now your attention mainly being aware of the torso. adjustments physically or energetically or both as being directed from the insight from the intuition coming from the body itself and in the same palpable way you felt the legs, the arms and hands sort of elevated to a different sense of the body in the same way you have that same palpable perception of the torso and this not only leads to a greater sense of stability a greater sense of ease throughout the body but also a sense of physical confidence And move your attention now, holding strongly to your determination, to the head and neck. And allow the head and neck to rest in the place that centers the head and neck. Where you don't have to consciously hold the head and neck in place. listen to your intuition guiding you how best to position the head and neck. The physical adjustments, the energetic adjustments until again you have the same palpable perception of a different sense of the body now with the head and neck. now to the your attention to the mouth, teeth, tongue, 
let them rest in their natural places. Bring your attention into the eyes. to observing the body as a whole. In this time, the sense of the body is a bit different than the sense of the body when you first started. Gently bring your attention to the breath. There should only be just a sense of curiosity about the breath. Knowing you're breathing in as you are breathing in. Knowing that you're breathing out as you are breathing out. Don't concern yourself with forcing your mind to focus on the breath. Don't concern yourself with trying to control the breath, making it even or uneven, or longer or shorter. Don't concern yourself if there are other perceptions in your field of your awareness other than the breath. Don't try to chase anything away, don't try to grab onto anything. As long as there is within all the things that are going on, the knowledge that this is in-breath, as in-breath is happening. This is out-breath, as out-breath is happening. You're doing exactly what you need to do. And have a sense, a part of the mind, open, openly observing, openly mindful, loosely mindful of what's happening with a sense of ease, began to experience within the body itself. Without expecting it to be anything or to be anywhere, just observe it for what it is. observing the breath in this way. Have a general sense of the body and where you perceive or feel 
points of tension, points of discomfort. Let the general sense of ease accompany your perception of that point, of that place, and let the sense of ease infuse that place. In the same way where how you felt an elevating of the sense of the body to a sense of a body of lightness, a body of weightlessness. So I have that same kind of recollection in that space where you're feeling the discomfort until you feel an elevation or a dissolution of the discomfort and being replaced by the sense of ease until the sense of ease becomes all-pervasive as far as the body is concerned. So if you feel the discomfort in the shoulders or and be palpably aware of the sense of ease, either in the breath or anywhere where the sense of ease can be is being experienced. And when you bring your attention to that point where there is the discomfort in the shoulder or anywhere else, hold on to that perception of that sense of ease coming from the breath or coming from a different part of the body and watch the sense of ease infuse that place, that point where there is a sense of discomfort. And stay with it until that point of discomfort is replaced by a sense of ease. to reach a general sense of ease throughout the body and let your attention stay only with the breath this time holding the intention to have the flow of your awareness on the breath remain unbroken for 11 cycles of breath so you're so aware of the breath you're aware of the beginning of out breath duration of out breath the point where out breath is ceasing and transforming into in-breath, the beginning of in-breath, 
a duration of in-breath until it becomes again out-breath. Now again, it doesn't matter if there are other things present in your field of awareness, as long as the awareness of the breath remains unbroken. this way until there is a palpable perception of the same sense of palpable sense of ease you felt in the body, in the breath, but also palpable sense of the sense of ease now in the mind. bring your consciousness to that sense of ease in the mind by remembering it going back to it as often as you can and within that perception is continuing to be aware of that sense of palpable sense of ease in the mind Bring your attention now to the space in front of you at the level of your eyebrows, either about 
an arm's length or your prostration is distance from you. And invoked in that presence, in that space, or make a conscious connection, conscious contact with that means through which you will without a doubt achieve the objective of your highest aspirations in whatever form it takes to guide you whether that form is visual, auditory, a feeling have a palpable sense of that presence in that space in front of you luminous holding on to whatever measure of conviction you have that indeed your infallible guide is in front of you not just in your imagination not just in some abstract realm but definitely in front of you and that measure of conviction may be slight it may be surrounded by doubt but whatever measure of conviction you have Stay holding on to it. And holding on to that measure of conviction, express your reverence, your gratitude, and place yourself under the protection, under the guidance your infallible guide is offering you.
whatever ways we have placed obstructions on our path. We strongly regret those actions, those ways of thinking, those ways of relating that created these obstacles. And due to the habit that we have set to continue to create these causes, we now place our trust, our reliance on the infallible guide to protect us, to guide us, and to be a source of our strength so that we may restrain from engaging in these causes, in these ways of thinking, in these ways of relating with others. So make a strong determination. Let that determination draw its strength from your devotion, from your faith, in your infallible guide. determination to restrain be as strong as your determination to take up what you need to take up the habits that you need to build up habits of thinking habits of relating with others that will actually help you achieve your objective Rejoice for those through their efforts who have achieved whatever measure of freedom from these obstacles that you're struggling with. Who have achieved some degree of attainment. And for those still struggling have compassion for them and let your compassion infuse your determination further to succeed in this meditation. strength of this determination motivate you, move you directed toward the success of this meditation and bring that presence now to the crown of your head palpable sense of that presence now, that luminous presence above your head. 
renew your resolve, make it strong. Gather the factors, the powers of your mind to assist you. Subdue the aspect of the mind that are obstructive. And just stay with that feeling of that determination, the complete readiness of your entire being.
slowly bring your attention back to the breath. Become aware of the breath, physical breath, the breath that has weight, temperature. And through that, become aware of the body again, the body, the density, substance, subject to gravity. Make yourselves uh, comfortable. Stretch your legs. So I'm going to slowly make the preliminaries a bit shorter. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, sort of finishing the first phase. We are going through three phases, right? The first phase, I want you to have a palpable sense that, oh yes, I am meditating. You want to, I want you to be aware of the experiences that are present in when you're in meditative state itself, for them not to be just haphazard experiences that you have once in a while, and then. Even uh, and many uh, sessions later, you're still wondering whether you're meditating or not. So if we slow it down for you to be as mindful of what's going on so that you can say, oh, this is meditative state. Right? Because uh, the transformation that you want to take place at the third phase, we want to start to be aware of the, of the process also. Of course, it's not going to be uh, spontaneous, Probably for, probably not for everyone. For some, for some individual, it might be spontaneous. But even for that spontaneous experience to take place, it cannot take place within a mind where there is just normal, everyday kind of thinking going on. It must take place within a state that you can, that is uh, properly called, uh, referred to in Sanskrit as samadhi, or referred to in. Uh, Tibetan shine, okay? You must, there must be a palpable experience of it. No transformation, at least in a conscious way, can take place outside of this experience. Everything else is just your mind thinking in a normal, regular, ordinary kind of way. Okay. Uh, so there is the training to get to that experience, there's the training of stabilizing the experience, and then afterward, then there's the training of making use of the experience. Okay? For now, we've been talking.
talking a lot about just getting to the meditative state itself. And I sort of gave you an idea as to uh, how do you know when you are in that meditative state? What are the things, what are the elements that are present that let you know consciously, uh, that let you have a discerning experience that, oh yes, this is a meditative state. I'm not just in a state where I'm wishing for, for it to be a meditative state. I'm not in a state where I'm wondering whether it is meditative state, but when you're in it, you're consciously aware that, yeah, this is meditative state. It has this, it has that, it has these things in it, they're, and they're present, and I'm experiencing them. Okay. Uh, so, on the way of, of uh, getting to that meditative state, we are going to start to uh, build up on, on, uh, on one meditation. The meditation so far that we've been doing is just a meditation for you to just be aware of so at least some of the elements to some degree that are present in the meditative state, especially the sense of ease that I've been sort of uh, emphasizing a lot. Okay? Because that's one thing that sort of tells you that you're in a meditative state. Uh, and this sense of ease will one day be experienced as what is called the ec sustained ecstatic state. Okay, you you feel a, a great state of a great sense of ex uh, ecstasy. Ecstasy. Is the same thing as that drug? That's gonna mm -hmm. the same word, right? Same sound. Same sound, but not the same word. It's the same spelling. Same word. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I'm thinking that maybe it's a different word. I'm sort of mispronouncing them, but it's okay. It's ecstasy, not the drug. <laughs> okay. So there's a powerful sense of ecstasy. And it is sustaining, okay? Not just, and of course, as you're approaching that powerful emotion of called ecstasy, there will be different experiences. There will be what are called, uh, 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 what's called, like flashes, like flash. There will be flashes of it. There will be waves of it. It, it will become like a, a radiating. And then one day is just one sustained experience of ecstasy. And, you're a, and, and as you bring your attention to it, the very bringing of your attention to it will sort of affect it in the beginning. And then until one day, until th that stage when, you're, when you bring your attention to it, you, you will learn how to bring your attention to it without your attention disturbing it. So that you're, you're uh, vividly aware, oh yeah, there is ecstasy in my mind. I'm experiencing ecstasy. And I, yes, I'm experiencing it in my body also. Okay. It's called an all-pervasive experience. That's why in the, in the sutras, the body, the, the, not the body, the Buddha says that there is not a place, there's not a space in his body or his mind that is not aware that uh, he's perceiving this ecstasy. Okay. So those sort of like a mystic, uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't use the word mysterious or mystical as in a somewhat derogatory word in a radical sense, but I would say confusing. Okay, that's better. Those confusing ex uh, explanations that makes you think that somehow the ecstasy is only is only an emotional experience. The Buddha himself said, and those uh, meditators who reach that state, they say. You feel it palpably in the body, the same way that in the beginning you felt the sense of ease in the body. 
It wasn't just something that was happening emotionally or in your mind. It was a palpable physical experience. So in the same way, you will feel this ecstasy in your body as well as being able to say, oh yeah, this is in, there's that ecstasy in my mind and there's that ecstasy in my body also. Okay? So that's one of those signs that tells you now either you're very close to samadhi or that you're in samadhi itself. Uh, the, what, what I might say might be like the, de the very determinative, and the reason for being uh, uh, certain that now I am in samadhi, now I am in what is called, the, what I'm referring to as the meditative state. And the reason I'm calling it the meditative state is because the Buddha does, does not refer to anything other than this as meditation. Okay? So what we are doing in trying to get to, to experience samadhi, the Buddha doesn't call that meditation. When you're in samadhi, and now you're initiating a transformation, a fundamental transformation, that's what the Buddha calls a meditation. Okay? That's why I'm calling it the meditative state. Okay? So the reason for being able to discern that this is a meditative state is that if you think that if you're having just one of those elements present, and it's not the complete meditative state, and you start to initiate the, the transformation, the uh, energy or the mental energy that you use to initiate the transformation will take you out of it. So instead of initiating uh, a transformation, you just initiate what is referred to technically as a dis distraction. And the distraction, and even though no matter how you how much you believe that you're doing some sort of transformation, you just the mind is just back in its ordinary sense, and there's no real uh, discernible transformation taking place. Okay, so that's why you, you need to be in what is called stable. You have to do you have to do the practice of stabilizing first, and of course. So you reach that in the beginning. You reach that samadhi your initial samadhi, and you're trying to now initiate the transformation. In the beginning, the, the, the process of initiating the transformation will, of course, will cause a disturbance, will cause, will cause a degeneration of the samadhi. So, so you have to somehow have a palpable grip of that function of the mind that creates, that, that causes uh, uh, the transformation to happen without disturbing the samadhi, without disturbing the meditative state. So, and then that's something that th this process is called stabilizing. And, and the reason I'm uh, drawing attention to it is that you have some experience of samadhi, wonderful, incredible experience, and you, uh, you call it even a divine experience. <coughs> then, and you're trying to initiate the transformation, of course, in the beginning, the natural experience is that it, the very attempt degrades the experience, but because you are just continue to be involved in the process of initiating the transformation, and now you're not in the place where the transformation can actually take place, you don't see a transformation take place, that might cause you to be discouraged. And don't think of discouragement as just being some sort of vague uh, uh, experience. It's an actual uh, building up of a wall. Discouragement in the mind creates a wall, creates, uh, uh, makes it impossible for you to create, uh, uh, to bring about the, 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 
the transformation. Okay. So when there is this uh, discouragement in the mind, you have to do something to make sure if it's not there. It's like uh, you know you clean the room, and then you th you throw dirt in the room again. Okay. Or you clean the cup and you put dirt in the cup before you put the milk in. Okay. Something like that. I think that's a bit more. That's a better uh, analogy than the room. Because you're about to drink it, and who wants to drink dirty milk? <laughs> okay. Or whatever. <laughs> so the means that we are going to use to get to samadhi will be dealing with uh, bodhicitta. Okay. So that's the second phase. So first samadhi, or more of a general, not, samadhi, not the actual attainment of samadhi, but uh, a general understanding of, of, of what is present there. And then we are going to use bodhi, the, the process of gaining bodhicitta as a means of also gaining samadhi. And now, not only will there be the presence of all the elements of samadhi, but there will be also present the experience of bodhicitta. And that will become the fuel for the, for the third phase. Okay. All right. So, remember, all the things that we were doing before, the sense of not fighting, the sense of not creating, you have to take all, you're not going to toss this aside and pick up something else. They should all be there, be present in your mind, in your intention, in your, in your uh, endeavors. Okay? As you are seeking for the experience called bodhicitta, you maintain the same attitude that you had, in a, uh, that you've been carrying on with just looking for the state of samadhi or being aware of the elements that are present in the state of samadhi itself. Okay. And I started to mention that one of the elements that is more or less give you a sense of certainty that you're in samadhi is what is called pratyahara. And you yogis should know what that means. Those who are not yogis, it's the, the, always referred to as sense withdrawal. That is the, the reason that we don't... We, uh, that keeps us from experiencing natural samadhi is because the energies of the mind are, are being uh, absorbed, so to speak, into the senses. And when the energy of, of the mind are withdrawn from, from the senses, then you're able to experience natural samadhi. Okay. Uh, so when you're in, when you one day are very much aware very much conscious, and yet within that consciousness, you are discernibly, discernibly, palpably aware that even though there is, your ears are there, you're not hearing things. Even though your, your sense of smell is there, you're not smelling things. Even though if you were to even, uh, if you're op meditating with your eyes open, you know you're able to discern my eyes are open, and yet you're not seeing anything. Don't get freaked out, okay? Don't think that, oh my God, I'm dying, okay? Meditation is killing me. Know that you're in that state called pratyahara, okay? The senses are withdrawn. And there's no need for you to try to force it to happen, okay? In trying to force it to happen, you're just making the mind too, 
uh, active, uh, and then that just keeps the the those those attributes or those elements of the mind still glued or uh, uh, connected to the senses. Okay, and you will one day become aware of the process of the mind actually withdrawing its tentacles, so to speak, from the senses. And when you become aware of that process, then you can initiate it at will. Okay, now once you experience Pratyahara, and you're able to sort of initiate that process that you were able to experience, and then, it, and then you can say now at, at your will, at your whim, you're able to experience Pratyahara. But before then, don't try to initiate it, because all you can do then is just create disturbances which will force the mind to be stuck to the to the uh, to the to the senses. Of now, this state, which may seem to be uh, difficult to achieve, because you know, try to consciously try not to hear. It seems like your ears become even sharper. You hear things that you, you, you were not even uh, aware of before. But if you are able to, this is the trick, if you are able to, this is what you can force, okay? Since you like, you like to force things. <laughs> <laughs> you can force to have a heightened interest in whatever it is that you're meditating on. So if you're uh, uh, meditating, uh, right, uh, what we'll be starting to meditate on is uh, the processes that get you to an actual experience of bodhicitta. If you have, if you create an, even an artificial intense interest in either what the, the, the emotion of bodhicitta will be like or the process of bodhicitta, if you create an artificial interest, that artificial interest will initiate the process where the, the sense, the, what do you call it? What, what, they, what they call it in, is those sense powers. Uh, does that make any sense to you? Anyway, well, it, it's, it's connected to th that, much you might say, visually, the tentacles of the mind that goes to the senses. It withdraws those tentacles. That's, that is withdrawing the sense powers. Okay? And then you will find yourself listening and not hearing anything. You will find yourself with having your eyes open. Even you, you could even open your eyes if you want to and not see anything. Okay? Then you know your senses are withdrawn. It doesn't have to be like you, know, you fell asleep and then you're confused whether or not your state of being asleep was a, a deep meditation. Okay? Medi deep meditation and sleep are two different things. That's why they have two different names. One is called sleep when it's called deep meditation, okay? But there are things that, that they, there are things, elements that they share in common, but they're not the same thing, okay? Just like, just because every single being has what is called Buddha nature, doesn't mean that every single sentient being is already a Buddha, okay? I mean, there's a vast difference. I don't know if you can see it, but um, that's what it appears to me <laughs> between me being not a Buddha and then a Buddha, okay? even though I'm told that I have Buddha nature. There's a vast, I mean, so much you know, vast, you know, vast is not even enough to cover it between me and then the Buddha. 
Okay. So in the same sense, there's a diff vast difference between meditative states called samadhi and then being deep in sleep, even though they share something in common. Okay. So, whether you are devotional or not, let me rephrase that. Whether, you're, whether the, the emotion of devotion for you can be, uh, it's, uh, can be expressed towards what has to be experienced as an other. Like, if the guru for you, if the lama for you is, uh, can be more, uh, better appreciated if it is the sense of other, then direct your devotion towards guru as other. But if the sense of guru, if the sense of devotion towards guru can be uh, more uh, palpably experienced, if you think of guru as your own Buddha nature, think of the guru as your own pristine uh, quality, the, the pristine uh, nature of your own mind, then direct that devotion towards that. The main thing is you need to summon your power of devotion and direct it towards the guru in whatever sense, either sense as other or sense as your own mind, whichever one makes you feel the, the, the sense of devotion. And then make a request or make a, uh, how do you call that? A request, uh, what was that? Intention. Sorry. Intention. Intention. Mm. Well, like, no, like, like sense of begging. So I want, what, you, what you're going to say, I want to experience actual samadhi. I want to experience actual bodhicitta. And whatever sense you have of what, whatever, not sense, but whatever idea you may say, clear idea you have, not the confused one. And whatever clear idea you may have of what bodhicitta may be, or what uh, samadhi may be, and have an intense aspiration towards it, and then direct that aspiration towards the Guru and have complete faith, complete confidence that the Guru is listening and the Guru is, is willing to grant you and be completely open to what your personal instruction will be, how you personally will be able to experience Samadhi, how you personally will be able to experience Bodhicitta. So for now, just think of Bodhicitta as an all-embracing sense of love and compassion that pushes you to perfect yourself spiritually for the sake of others. Okay, so if these words don't don't quite you know grab you, so whatever these words can direct you to, so make up your own words. Okay, an, an all-encompassing, completely open compassion and love that doesn't uh, exclude anyone, whether it's someone who has done you the greatest favor or someone who's you know, thinking of murdering you, actively thinking of doing it. <laughs> and yet this compassion is, is not limited, it's not uh, obstructed, it embraces everyone. So whatever way that you can, your mind can conceive of, it, of, of that experience, to be, you, you bring your mind to it. And along with that, this compassion, this uh, love, is not just a, a sentiment, but it's uh, actually a power. 
it's pushing you. It's moving you towards achieving a, uh, a, a perfected state, an enlightened state, where all limitations are completely dissolved. Okay? And you're able to bring about the fulfillment of this compassion, the fulfillment of this love. Okay? All right? So for now, and, and, and for some reason, sometime, especially for those who are not too religious, this seems to be too religious <laughs> part of the meditation. But it's not so much religious. It's not so much, uh, you know, uh, what's good? Uh, diverting? No, not diverting. Um, uh, it's not so much making a petition to some authority asking them for their permission to initiate something. Okay? But it, it, the, the purpose of it is for you to feel your own power of devotion and use that directing power towards achieving your goal. Okay? What is the goal? You want to have samadhi, bodhicitta, and eventually enlightenment. Okay? So... You got it? Uh, was that somewhat clear? Okay. And they say you know that you're experiencing, you, you're doing, you've, you've done this properly when you start to spontaneously start to cry. Okay, if you feel spontaneously want, to, want the, the urge to cry, don't worry. We're all friends here. We're not going to make fun of you. We're not going to say, oh, cry baby. No, it's, it's, it's good, okay? <laughs> Right? So in whatever way you want to, you know, beg for this experience, beg, okay? And whatever the object will be for you, whether your own mind, begging your own mind, please come and be enlightened, or beg the guru, please give me enlightenment, okay? But beg it that way. But, but specifically bodhicitta and samadhi. Okay? All right? So let's try to re-experience that sense of tranquility, that sense of that taste of samadhi we had before. We call it as it was experienced in the body. We call it as it was experienced in the mind. Stabilize it by observing five cycles of breath.
try to see if you can re-experience that sense of determination with your hand and with your infallible guide, luminous presence above your hand. you have that palpable sense of the infallible guide above your head. Start begging.
palpable, luminous presence above your head. Create an intense aspiration to be inseparable with it. And let the very power of your aspiration cause that presence to dissolve into a point of light. Descend through the crown of your head and merge with your mind within your heart center. is in your heart center, strengthen your resolve, level of tranquility you're experiencing. Think of those because they lack any experience of this tranquility. They are motivated by delusions to harm others, thinking that others, harming others, will bring some sort of benefit to them. for them and make a gift of this tranquility so that they can have some glimpse, some degree of conviction that harming others does not bring any benefit to anyone. Deliberately become aware of the breath, feel its weight, feel its physical attribute, 
and through that awareness become aware of the body, the body of substance, the body subject to gravity. Announcements. <laughs> uh, remember, I hope do, do you all know Tuktenjimba. <coughs> Don't know Tuktenjimba. Oh, not too many of you. Okay. Well, <laughs> Tuktenjimba. Jimba. Jimba is back. He's on. He's going. He's going through. Uh, New York City again, or through the United States. He's on his way again to Haiti to begin, well, not to begin, but to continue what we started. Uh, after the earthquake hit Haiti, uh, Jimba, Yulia, and I, we went to Haiti to sort of begin. We thought it was going to be just for that year, or for that month. Uh, start a natural clinic where we collect donations of medicine and things like that and we bring over there and then Jimba with his uh, uh, I guess sort of healing training and Yulia and they were diagnosing and then giving out medicine or uh, holistic medicine not the, the other kind and that was so successful in the sense that so many people were benefited from it that they asked for it again and then I didn't go back, but Jimba went back, and Yulia, and then, and other people found out about it, and they went over there with with them, and then that became successful, and so ever since then, it's become a yearly kind of thing, and then now again, uh, people uh, requesting that Jim, have requested for Jimba to well, not Jimba for the clinic, so to speak, to go back, and Jimba is now on his way on his way there again, and someone else I think who went last year was a. Uh, Forgot her name, Michelle. Okay, Michelle. Yeah, who's a acupuncturist, and she's going back again, and that someone else is going back again. Someone is going with them. So that's because uh, you know I made the appeal to you with Jimba, and then we were able to make it happen. We funded them to you know fly out there because Jimba, you know, he's in perpetual retreat. <laughs> So he comes out so he can do this uh, service and along with Yulia and then whoever goes with them. And then so I'm making the appeal to you again so you can help. Uh, someone is funding the, the, the flight for Jibba, but when, when he stays there, he's going to need to eat. You need to. So I'm making the appeal to you. Uh, a letter is going to go out as to exactly how to make. Uh, donations and what kind of donations. It doesn't have to be just monetary. It could be uh, medicines that you have. And there's a list of them, I think. Okay? So, uh, 
making the appeal <laughs> so that this can continue. Yes. Do you know when, when are they going? Uh, Jinpai is going to go in May. Uh, sometime, I think in the middle of May, he's going to go, the beginning of May. Okay. All right. Uh, I should have made this announcement a long time ago, but unfortunately I'm not that good at making announcements. And the other announcement that I, wa I want to make is uh, somewhat of a sad announcement. Uh, a teacher who was uh, on a, had a very deep impact in, in me, in my uh, education, in my upbringing, has entered uh, last, his last meditation. Uh, he's been in the meditation since Monday. He hasn't stopped, he hasn't concluded the meditation yet, but it's his last meditation. And uh, so, remember those who will be grieving his absence and pray for them, especially for me. <laughs> I may break down any moment. Uh, is one of those uh, few beings that I've encountered and that I had, you know, those classic kind of uh, guru-disciple kind of in, uh, exchange, you know, and, and I f feel more uh, very saddened for the world that an emanation like that is going to be being withdrawn the same way that Holy Kitty Senshabri Mbuche withdrew. So now those great beings are, well, not all, but no. Anyway, uh, uh, one, uh, once he's finished with his meditation, we may, I may either not show up <laughs> If I do show up, I may ask you to help me do some kind of meditation in connection with that. Okay? Right? And that's Gyarwong Kensu Rinpoche, Gaon Tech Chok. Okay? He came to Howell, uh, I think, a couple of times to give teachings. And uh, uh, there's a very special kind of Gantanagyama. Transmission that I received from him, and sometimes maybe in commemoration for that, I might uh, give that to you, okay, so that it can continue. Okay, so thank you.